Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. The concept of practice is different than rehearsal. You want mistakes in practice. You want to you want to be able to correct the players. You want to be able to go into the room and say, "Okay, here's what we did wrong." You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Michael, I looked at the calendar today. We are officially one month away from opening night, Lions at the Chiefs. The regular season's right around the corner, but we have preseason games that we have to get through this week, as well as the rest of training camp. Well, I mean, we're on schedule now, Femi. I mean, every week now until February, we're going to have a game, whether it's one week and it'll just be college football, which is just fine. And we're going to have games. And so the season is on us. I think uh, we're ready to get going. And it's good. I mean, there's a lot to talk about throughout the NFL, and especially this preseason, which – I have noticed a little bit of a shift in terms of the mentality. You know, I I know Sean Payton mentioned that he's going to play his starters a little bit, not a lot, a little bit to get their feet wet. And Sean McVay has to because he's got such a young team. So I think we're seeing a little bit of a shift. And I think a lot of that, especially in the AFC, I I don't think you can get off to a bad start in the AFC with that many teams competing for, for playoff spots. Yeah, no, I think these teams got to kind of hit the ground running because one game in September could be the difference. I mean, we talk about that Chargers-Dolphins game week one. That could be with wild card implications on the line, tiebreaker situations. Like, you got to start fast. Otherwise, you could be in a problematic situation come December and January. I'm actually looking at the betting odds right now for some of these preseason games, like you mentioned, because I think we're starting to hear more coaches talk about their plans for the preseason. And these numbers are getting hit, man. This thing is lighting up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> like, like, we're seeing yeah. movement going on there. And like you mentioned, you said Sean Payton talked about how he's going to play his starters. The Broncos, they opened up as two-and-a-half-point favorites. They're now five-and-a-half-point favorites in their preseason game Friday night against the Cardinals. So, like, the market's now starting to react to what these coaches are saying. Well, I think the market reacts to the seriousness of the coach, not that he's yeah. going to start the starters, right? There's a level mm-hmm. of seriousness. And, and to understand Sean Payton, you've got to understand Bill Parcells, who tragically, you know, poor Bill Parcells, I feel so badly. Uh, one of the horses that he had uh, had to be euthanized as it crossed the – was it getting ready to cross the finish line up at Saratoga? I don't know if you read about that, but my – you know, I hate to see any animal have to get hurt like that. It's yeah. just devastating. But – Peyton comes from the from the Bill Parcells school of preseason, which is we got to get the team ready, right? And you can't get the team ready in walkthroughs. You can't get the team ready in not having contact. And so you've got to have football's a game of pad level, football's a game of physicality. We got to have that in practice, which you're limited. And we gotta we gotta get some of these players out there. Parcells was a believer of the offensive lineman and the defensive lineman had to play. Because what happens is if they're not, they're like boxers. If they're not conditioned to go 15 rounds, they can't go. You know, they're, they're not going to win the fight. They're going to fall apart in the fourth quarter. And so for betting purposes, I think you have to clearly look at conditioning of teams. Because we know in 30 days from now, when Detroit plays Kansas City, it'll be hot and humid in Kansas City. It's Kansas yeah. City. It's always it's hot and humid in September, right? And there's other places that are that weather's going to have more of an impact than the cold has in December. So I think you got to be a well-conditioned team and you got to follow the protocols of who, what the coach believes in. Yeah, no, Miami is another one of those places. Miami in September. I remember last year that Buffalo Bills game when they went out there and I think the heat index was just otherworldly and the Bills had guys who had to leave the game due to dehydration. 
Like, like those are things yeah. that you kind of have to guard against. Well, that's a great advantage. I mean, Miami yeah. has a tremendous advantage playing down there in the heat and humidity when they play down there to start the season. And it, you can't get ready for it. I mean, you know, you, you can't quite. New England's practicing in, in, in Foxborough, Massachusetts. It never really gets that heat and humidity. Now they're going to practice against Tennessee, which they'll gain it there. But I think you have to kind of prepare your team for it because there's going to be certain venues, whether you're playing in Jacksonville Week 2, the Florida teams, the Texas teams. Now, I know they're indoors, but it's you still have to prepare for it. Yeah. So we're going to get more of these teams, I think, taking this seriously, I believe, in the AFC side of things. Are you seeing it or hearing other teams that look like they're going to kind of go about it? in like the laissez-faire way for the preseason games, at least. And we know Sean McVay famously doesn't like to play anyone in the preseason. He says, what's the point of getting anybody hurt in that? Now, they probably take practice just seriously to some degree and all that stuff. But, uh, I mean, there's also the flip side of that coin to where some of these teams just kind of take the foot off the gas and say, our main objective in training camp is to get everyone healthy for week one. Well, I think a lot of teams take the approach, I'd rather utilize the for practices, not the game. So, like, for the Rams, you know, they're going to practice against the Raiders. So they're going to use a lot of that. But I think Sean's got such a young team, he's got to get that team reps. He's got to get that team ready to play. He, he can't worry about injuries because, you know, player Y, player A to player B are both young players. they got to get them ready to go. So I, I think that's got to be the mindset. And, look, injuries are a part of it. You can't prevent injuries, you know. I mean, look at Tim Patrick. I mean, he didn't even hit anybody and he tore his Achilles or an injury. So you can't protect against it. You have to do the best thing you can to get your team ready. And there's got to be a sense of physicality to it. I think Sean understanding what his team is. I mean, that's the main job of a head coach today is to figure out who is, what are we? What is our team? You know, last year, if Pittsburgh played better in the opening games, they are playoff team. The way they finished the season so you've got to figure out how to start. Like my question is, can Cincinnati go five and four? We we heard that Jamar Chase said, I don't want Joe Burrow back until he's completely healthy. I agree. But if he's not there and they and they're not and they go one and three and he misses four weeks and they're one and three, how do they make that up with such a hard schedule? It's tough. Yeah. You'd have to damn near be perfect and, and hope that you have good health the rest of the way, which we know is difficult in the NFL. And you'd have to pretty much catch lightning in the bottle to go ahead and fulfill the expectations that you had prior to the season. Uh, is there a team that you're excited to see this upcoming preseason? Because the games, we get two of them on Thursday, and we'll talk more in depth about those games on Thursday's pod. But we have a plethora of games Friday, Saturday, a couple of them on Sunday as well. Like, they're going to start getting these preseason games going. Which teams are you kind of looking forward to seeing uh, in the first week of the well, preseason? Well, I'm looking forward to seeing all the young quarterbacks, right? I'm looking to see all the young. I'm looking to see Jordan Love and see what he does. I'm I'm looking to oh, yeah. see, you know, Anthony Richardson. I'm looking to see C.J. Stroud. I'm looking to see, you know, Will Levitz. I, I want to see these guys. I want to watch them. You know, I want to watch some of these young players. The older guy, Sam Howe. I mean, you're not going to yep. go into the opening game against any NFL team, even though it's Arizona, if Sam Howe doesn't get reps. And then I, I'm really anxious to watch the design of some of the offenses and defenses. Washington, what do they look like, right? You know, mm -hmm. I watch Washington. Uh, you know, I've been studying the NFC East quite a bit lately. And, you know, when you watch Washington offensively, they move the ball. I mean, they have a chance to win the giant game. They play at home. It's 17-12. to 12. They got the ball inside the red zone, and Heineke turns it over. Then they come back down, and they, and they got a chance to tie the game, and they lose it on downs. I mean, their margin was, was so slim last year, and they couldn't, you know, and a lot of it was the quarterback. They couldn't make an explosive play with it. They couldn't create turnovers with their defense. So a lot of this is you got to kind of watch it and see how the teams react, like who are who's good and who's not. Arizona, we're not going to really know about them because they don't even know who they are, right? There's certain teams that are going to be so talent-devoided that it's going to be hard to figure out who they are. And some are, we gotta, they are have enough talent and how it all comes together. Are we sure that Colt McCoy is going to be the Cardinals' week one starter? If he can stay healthy, I don't know if he can, behind a bad offensive line. I mean, who else is David Blau going to play? Who are you playing? I mean, Clayton Toon, it sounds like people have been saying that in camp he doesn't look horrendous. <laughs> um, maybe he ends up shining in this preseason and takes over as the week one starter. I'm just just putting that in, the, putting that out there. We'll see if that happens and comes to fruition in the preseason. I, I, I would think that Colt would, you know, 
David, Jeff Driscoll will come in and probably run some Wildcat, maybe run some six-back offense there. But, uh, you know, I mean, Drew Pelsick is the, the offensive coordinator, so Petsick, so we'll see. I mean, look, I, I don't care who plays quarterback. I mean, you're taking your risk in your own hands here. I mean, you're going to be like, you know, you're going to be like one of those guys that work for, you know, Arnold Rothstein. You know, Arnold Rothstein, the great uh, crime, uh, the guy who fixed the, the, the World Series, he used to make every bodyguard sign a life insurance policy, you know, which was great, right? You know, you have life insurance, except he was the beneficiary if they died. So yeah. you know, when they died, you know, it, it was okay. I mean, that's almost – if you're an Arizona quarterback, you might have to sign one of those life insurance policies with Hyman, with, uh, with Arnold Rothstein. Also, did you get your hands on any of the Jordan Love tape from Family Night the other night? Because I know Mark Murphy out there, Mr. Murphy, he, he, was, he wanted to crack down on that thing. He didn't want that thing streamed yeah. anywhere. I believe some I, local people were able to see it. But. but, you know, he has nothing to do with the team, Mr. Murphy. He's, he's, just, he's just an innocent bystander. You know, he's just watching. Oh, Mr. Murphy, he's just watching. Look, I, I don't pay attention to that. I mean, like, I, I, I think to me you can make false assumptions watching some of these practices. You know, we, we'll talk about it in the next block, but so often practice right the concept of practice is different than rehearsal you want mistakes in practice you want to you want to be able to correct the players you want to be able to go into the room and say okay here's what we did wrong like when i talked to my two sons oh we had a good practice had a bad practice like they embrace the bad one because when you have a bad practice right you got a chance to coach and teach and then if they keep making the same mistake now you got a problem but if they can identify the mistake and correct it, now you're you're moving on. You're making progress. I mean, we're not, you know, we have this Hollywood mentality where everybody's going to be perfect from the first day. Of course they're not. It's great. Embrace it. Like, we want to see it, you know. And then I think what you have to do is, as a coach, you've got to make sure that the players understand who they're competing against and how they com- compete. We get that with the, with the uh, when you, cha- you know, when you practice against another team. But when you only practice against yourself, you got to mix it up a little bit. You got to make sure that this corner doesn't go against that receiver all the time. You got to you got to be strategized, practice a little bit so that you're getting competition and that you're also learning from the mistakes. Yeah, no, I can't wait to see some of the clips from the joint practices. I know the beat writers will be out there and they'll be charting stuff as always and all that. But it's just it's fun to see, you know, good on good, because like you mentioned with the preseason, we're oftentimes we're not going to see those number one guys play. And if they do play, it's going to be maybe a series or two, at least for the first week of the preseason. So the joint practices is where we're going to actually see those guys actually do the yeah. quote unquote iron sharpens iron, which is the the, the classic training camp quote. So uh, I, I think it's yeah. going to be a lot I mean, of fun coming through. Yeah, and, and don't make an assumption. Like, like when we say a guy's had a bad practice, then that doesn't last forever. It just doesn't go yeah. on. A bad practice gets corrected, and maybe it gets fixed. It's not, you yeah. know, we're not in the Olympics where we're grading the dismount. <laughs> remember when Jamar Chase couldn't catch at training camp his rookie year? Yeah, and then I went remember. On offensive rookie of the year. <laughs> so that, that's how much stock we should put in some of these reports coming out of practice. With that in mind, on the other side, our training camp all-stars here on the GM Shuffle podcast. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second-round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, see dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. All right, I think one of my favorite times of training camp, it actually might be my least favorite thing, is all the reports about who's doing excellent, who's going to have the breakout <laughs> year. So we figured on the GM Shuffle podcast, we have a well, little we gotta fun have with it. this. We got to have a little bit of fun as preseason games are starting to get underway. We're going to outline the training camp all-star team. Now, we're just doing the skill position, guys. We have the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wide receivers, and the tight ends. Like, who are the guys that are really just out there shining? I mean, Michael, I don't know if you have a famous guy that you can remember from the teams that you were a part of that, like, was a training camp all-star but then didn't really put it together on the field. I remember Sam Hurd for the Cowboys, the wide receiver. Every training camp, it's like, oh, Sam Hurd's going to take that next step. And then they put the lights on, and it's like, okay, you did nothing. Like, like, what's going on yeah. here? Uh, anybody that you remember famously that's a training camp? Also, oh, you don't have the same names, or maybe just player descriptions. We had whatever so you many. At the, we called it all Alameda. They were all Alameda. They were great in Alameda, but when we got the pads on, they couldn't quite do it. You know, it was like, what happened to that guy? We once we put the pads on, it became he disappeared. You know, and so so many of this. You know what cracks me up, Femi, is this. Uh, I love when these Twitter scouts put the one-on-ones up there to show how great a receiver is. Do you know how hard it is to cover one-on-one with no pass rush, a quarterback with a clean pocket, no time, right? No time. He can (laughs) can hitch, do what all he wants. Mm -hmm. Receiver has pretty much however long he wants. Doesn't have to get through any underneath coverage. There's nobody rerouting him, right? And the guy's playing off. Yeah, they're playing, you know, and then all of a sudden, look at this, and then the the corner gets blamed, right? Oh, he's shitty. I mean, it's it just it's it's almost there's so many drills in football. I love I loved it when the scouts would all run down to the nine on seven drill, right? They all every scout you go to any practice, go to the senior bowl, go to any any college. If they have a nine on seven drill, you I mean, other than a buffet line, the the thing that can draw scouts to something. Is is nine on seven? I mean, it's just unbelievable, right? Though we're running down there, well, it's a fake. Dr- it's a toughness drill. It has nothing to do with football. The ball is going to be run. It's not run or pass. So how can you evaluate whether a guy's a good player or not? You're evaluating toughness, but yet they all run down there as if they're giving away free Rio Tony. You know, it's like unbelievable. So like every drill that people are putting up there to evaluate is somewhat comical that it's not an evaluation drill. It's guy's working on his fundamentals. He's working on his technique. Now he's against a receiver, you know. Now if he's in press coverage one-on-one, okay. But still, the quarterback doesn't have anybody in his face. The quarterback has no pass rush. The quarterback can do whatever he wants. So there's a little bit of leeway you have to give. It's like one-on-one pass rush, right? Well, I mean, yep. it's set up for the defensive lineman to win. 100%. Like, you don't have to deal with like the the wash or any of the, the the traffic that is in a normal game where it's like you can't just do any sort of spin move. You might spin into one of your teammates. Like you know, it's like it's not I, what typically the game translates to. <laughs> I like it when they show a, like a, some small guy swimming, trying to swim. Like seriously, the swimming's for the beach. Like you're six feet defensive tackle. Like you got no business lifting that little arm up trying to swim over it. Like get the hell and just power the guy back, please. <laughs> It's it's what makes training camp a lot of fun, and we see these videos. And I'm I, I, like I said, I, I think I said this on Twitter last week. I was like, you know what? The first week of training camp, I'm like, whatever. Put all the videos out there because they're not putting the pads on, so we have to see something. Because I do appreciate seeing football players running around because it's just something fun about that. It kind of signals that football's almost here. But once we get the pads on. Just stop sharing the one-on-ones. Like, just show me team period if they let you tape team period. I know some teams don't let you tape it for some of the beat writers. But if they do let you tape it, just show me that. Like, like, just show me team period. I don't care about the fake drills and all this other stuff. Like, I just want to see 11 on 11. But that said, Michael, let's get into our training camp all-stars. So this we're not saying that these guys are going to be bad players. We're just saying that the narrative is they got hype. running a little bit too out of control. You going to say something here quick? Well, no, they got hype. We're saying these guys they have got got, these guys yeah. have gotten hype. They got they got momentum behind them. I mean, they got they got yes. lots of momentum behind them. And and one of these guys is near and dear to my heart. And it's our first quarterback. It's Bryce Young, the, the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers. I love Bryce Young. I bet on Bryce Young to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. So I would love for him to be uh, an NFL regular season All Star as well. But I mean, the stuff coming out of Bryce Young. This is a tweet I believe that we got, or this is from Von Bell. He said that Young is reportedly quote very similar to a young Joe Burrow 
according to Von Bell, who played with the Cincinnati Bengals for Burroughs rookie year. Young is also the only rookie quarterback to be officially be named as the team's QB1. So Bryce Young is getting a lot of hype, and everyone's excited about Bryce Young down there in Charlotte. Yeah, I mean, I can't wait to watch him play. I am excited about him, too. And I, and I would not, I would have been surprised. I mean, Bryce Young's character, his leadership skills, you saw at Alabama. I would have been shocked if that didn't manifest itself to the Panther practice field. So, look, you know, I, I think you got to watch him, see how he handles, how he moves in the pocket. Von Bell, you know, he's watched Joe Burrow play. I think the Joe Burrow, you know, it's funny. You know, Joe Burrow, I think, was second or third in the league in the most amount of passes batted down, and he's, what, 6'4"? Think mm-hmm. about that. Everybody thinks the little guy gets batted passes batted down when sometimes, you know, Burrow got a lot. Now, part of that is the offensive line getting pushed back, but, look, I, I fully expect Young to be the starter. You know, C.J. Stroud's going to start at Houston, and yep. so is Richardson. He's going to start at, at Indianapolis. So even though it hasn't been confirmed – I mean, those betting lines that we see in week one are predicated on those rookies starting quarterback. Yeah. Richardson, we're starting to hear that he's stacking good days on good days. Maybe he's an honorable mention for our our QB depth chart here for the training camp all-star team. Uh, This next guy, and I want to push back on this next guy just because I've heard everything under the sun with him, so I don't know what to believe. But our QB, too, is none other than 49ers quarterback Trey Lance. Michael, I've heard he's been doing awesome. I've heard he's doing horribly. I don't know what the hell's going on at San Francisco 49ers camp. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, I mean, I've never seen a guy and I feel bad for Trey Lance. He's got so much pressure on him. I've never seen a guy dominate Twitter timeline like this guy. Like he is a, he is a lightning rod on Twitter. Yes. And I, I love John Lynch's quote. I think he's throwing the football. I think, no, wait a minute. How do you say that? I think he's throwing the football a lot better that you don't think that you either know it or you don't. Right. Are you not watching? You know, <laughs> When you put I think into something, there's questions. You know? Uh-huh. His base is better. Some some of his mechanics are better. Well that what does that mean? Like if you just analyze the text of the line, like what does that mean? I think. No, you don't think. You're paid to know. Like mm-hmm. I know his throwing is better. I've watched him. His mechanics need improvement. But he's working really hard. Like that's what you're talking about. When you break down the text, it really is kind of like what he, what we're seeing from the text is he's inconsistent. I've never seen a guy that has such a, a powerful momentum for the guy who's probably going to be the third-string quarterback. Yeah. Lightning rod, I think, is a great way to put it. And, and to your point here, Michael, the last line of this quote from John Lynch, after he said, I think he's throwing the football a lot better, his base is better, some of his mechanics are better, he then says, I'm proud of what I'm seeing out there. Do you? You don't even know what you're seeing out there. If you say you think he's throwing it better, like what? Yeah, I agree, Femi. I mean, <laughs> I, what are you proud of? I mean, you gave up the you gave up the house to get him. The fact that he's out there, you're proud. I mean, like, proud. look, I, I I get he's trying to he he has a lot invested in this, right? Hundred percent. And so, you know, but at some point, you show leadership. You show your ability when you sit. I'm not saying he should kill the kid. He shouldn't. But I, I think you have to stop trying to be a cheerleader for the kid. Like, let him just speak for himself. You don't have to speak for him. Let him speak for himself. And your evaluation of him is carrying no weight because you're looking at it through tainted eyes, right? You're looking through tainted eyes. So, like, I think it's ridiculous. And, look, the fact is he's going to continue. He hasn't played football in three years. He's going to struggle. It's, it's, a, it's a process. It's going to be a work in progress. Also, I think he might be looking at it through the eyes of, please, somebody call me an offer <laughs> so we can trade Trey Lance and get something out of this. Maybe Yeah, because, eyes. you know, I thought about this, Femi. When Jerry Jones said, you know, he didn't want to extend, do anything with Zach Martin's contract, he needs every nickel to give to Micah Parsons. Mm-hmm. You know, my thought was, well, you know, the 49ers need every nickel they can to give to a – Nick Bosa, and eventually, B, they're going to need to pay Brock Purdy. Now, I don't know how much they have to pay him, but they're going to eventually have to pay him. So they need every nickel. And it would, and every nickel they waste now is a nickel they don't have later. Yeah. I mean, if Purdy continues to play well, that's a conversation that they're definitely going to have to have down there in San Francisco. The, the third quarterback on the depth chart is someone that I, I – 
I, I saw this guy play in college football, and I never thought he'd be an NFL quarterback. But Aaron Nagler, who does a good job covering the Green Bay Packers yeah. and stuff like that, he's, he's really sharp with the Packers content. He tweeted, said, I get asked a lot, and I mean a lot, about what, if anything, has surprised me during camp. Well, this year, it's an easy answer. Sean Clifford. It's early, but not only belongs, he's getting better every time he's out there. And then James Franklin, of course, put out the hashtag, we are Penn State and all that stuff since he coached up Sean Clifford. But I didn't think Sean Clifford would make his way onto this training camp All-Stars team, man. I Honestly, I, I was surprised either. he even got drafted. <laughs> like I was too. I mean, fifth rounder. I was shocked. And, you know, that they ended up cutting Danny Effling just recently. Yeah. Which tells you which tells you what Nagler's saying supports what he's – they're seeing it too. I'm going to be – I can't wait to watch because – if Clifford plays well, then I've made the mistake of evaluating the offense, not the player. I did this with Justin Herbert initially. I made the mistake of evaluating the offense, hating Oregon's offense. And then basically the senior bowl changed my mind on Herbert. And I said, wait a minute, I'm, 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 I'm killing Oregon's offense, I, I, and I'm making the kid pay a price for it. So if, if, if that's the case, you know, What's Penn State doing? I mean, if, if Sean Clifford is really good, Penn State should have been competed, should have been one of the final four teams. 100%. But maybe that goes to show you what kind of coaching that they're getting out there in Happy Valley because uh, they, they were not one of those teams. Although they did win the Rose Bowl, they beat Utah, which is a really good program this past season. Um, but yeah, Utah's I, I didn't think Sean got hurt in that game, able- though, too. That is also true. Yeah, Cam Rising. Cam Rising, I mean, night. blew his knee out. So, I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, uh, don't take anything away from it. We are. But, I mean, I think yeah, to no. me, I, I, I'm surprised. And I'm not doubting what Negler's saying because Negler's got no vested no. interest in this. He's not sitting there like, you know, he's surprised as much as anybody. But yeah, I, I like that. I, I like that. I like when you sit there and say, hey, look, I thought this guy was this. He's really that. Like, I hate scouts that never admit they made a mistake. Like, seriously. Yeah. I mean, I could say the same about Brock Purdy. When I watched him at Iowa State, I was like, this dude's not playing in the NFL. And look at him now. Yeah. Probably going to be the opening day starter for the San Francisco 49ers. All right, we went through the quarterbacks. We'll get to the other positions, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. This is the GM Shuffle presented by DraftKings and Beast. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. We're rolling along with our GM Shuffle training camp all-star team here as we approach the week one preseason games coming up later on this week. Let's get to the running backs, and there's no other running back that I've seen more no. videos of on Twitter. No other running back that's generated more buzz then B. John Robinson, first-round pick for the Atlanta Falcons. Michael, apparently he's Marshall Falk, LaDainian Tomlinson all combined into one. This guy is uncoverable at Falcons. I, I don't doubt it, though, Femi. I, I don't doubt it. Like, I don't mind this hype. Like, I think he's really a good player. And, you know, I, I, I think he's going to be dependent upon the quarterback. I mean, is he going to get the ball, right? Is he going to be able to get the ball and make those plays? I do think – that he'll have the ability to make plays because he is so talented. Yeah, he's incredibly talented. My only thing with this is that, like we talked about it earlier when we said that the one-on-one drills, like like some of these, it's like, all right, like that linebacker has no shot. They have no shot. And like he he runs like a little like juke move and all this stuff. (laughs) I'm just like, come on. Like you're giving him a two-way go against a linebacker who's flat-footed. It's like he's not going to cover him. (laughs) I mean, first of all, if B. John Robinson's in the backfield on third and five, he's probably going to get bracket coverage, right? So you got him. If he goes right, I got him if he goes left. You know, and so that – because those guys with that lateral quickness is hard to handle. So the zones – that's why zone has built in. You know, they they got a way to handle a guy running option routes or jerk routes or whatever they want to do. So, look, and then the physicality of it. I mean, look, I'm sure he's going to be able to do it week one. How does his body hold up after week nine and getting the shit kicked out of him? Yeah, yeah, that's a an offensive line that I think has improved. Like the Falcons' offensive line, the more I've done work, they on pay them, for like, it, Sammy. It's it's improved. I mean, you they, can't they pay, pay for more linemen than they have. They got yeah, three number one picks in that line. They're, they, it's not for, like, it's not from a lack of trying that the offensive line isn't elite. Like they've definitely, I think, improved it, but it's not like one of the top tier ones in my opinion, oh. personally. 
I mean, Matt, Matt Ryan's probably sitting at home when he does CBS. He's probably sitting there saying, shit, I mean, I wish they would have invested in this line. I mean, Jake Matthews' first-round pick, they re-signed him to a huge contract. Chris Listrom, 19, they re-signed him. I think Caleb McGrary, the first-round pick at tackle, they re-signed him. They drafted Bergeon in the second round, and Dahlman's going to be a fourth-rounder who's going to start center. Look, I'm not complaining about drafting linemen. I think you got to do it. But I'm just saying, not only did they draft these guys, they re-signed them too, so that they got a lot of money in it. No, 100%. Let's get to the wide receivers, though, of our training camp all-stars team. The first one, George Pickens of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Second-year quarterback Kenny Pickett had high praise for him, saying, quote, the best athlete I've ever played with. We've seen a number of viral catches from George Pickens, and I think this kind of yeah. goes in line with the guy and the talent that we saw coming out of high school. Five-star recruit, big-time prospect at Georgia, had some issues, whatever, injuries as well. But uh, this guy, I mean, he's been awesome so far, and as long as he can kind of keep on the straight path here, should probably be a really dynamic wide receiver. Well, I think he's just got to stay healthy. And, I mean, one thing about about Tomlin is he'll keep him humble, right? I, I think that's the other thing is don't let don't let your press clippings get away from you. And I'm sure Tomlin will do a good job. I remember when Antonio Brown was a young player, I was working at NFL Network, and they just played a preseason game. And, I, and Antonio Brown was great in the preseason game. And we interviewed him after the game, and Tomlin walked straight over and kind of like put us – not killed the interview, but made sure the kid knew that, you know, we're not going to let this go to our head. I mean, that's what leaders do. That's why I love Tomlin. So – I don't think he will. I think the interesting battle there, we don't talk about this, but, you know, Broderick Jones, their first-round pick, you know, they say Dan Moore is having a better camp. We'll see. That's like a that's something you want to see this summer. It What's the Pittsburgh offensive line look like? You know, they're 7-2 they're and two over the last nine games of the year. Their defense played really well. They gave up, I think, on an average of 16 points in those nine games. But if you take out the Bengal game, it was like 13 points, right? They yeah. play really good defense. And their offense, and and they didn't turn the ball over. They only had two turnovers in nine games. That that's that's how you win. It's not pretty, but they do it. Yeah, and I thought their offensive line played much better at the second half of the season. Like I was really impressed with what I saw from Pittsburgh there. They were able to grind out some of those wins, and I really was rooting for them to make the playoffs. As as a Dallas Cowboys fan, I know I'm supposed to hate the Pittsburgh Steelers, but I was like, I wanted to see them in the postseason last year. But the way that they were kind of ascending at the end of the season, uh, this next wide receiver who's on our training camp All Stars list. He might be the Bijan equivalent at the position, and this is Calvin Ridley. Just in terms of the buzz, like every, and maybe yeah. I follow just too many Jacksonville people. I don't know, but I keep seeing Calvin Ridley on my Twitter timeline, and he looks awesome. He served the one-year yeah. suspension last year, and I gotta say, like, yeah, some of these things are one-on-ones where he has an advantage, but man, the routes—it's it looks like the Ridley that we saw in Atlanta. Before he had the remember he before he got suspended he was depressed or something was going on in his life and he and he went on NFI or went on IR he was not having a good year the year before that he was great so when they made this trade I mean I thought Trent Balky was smart I thought this was a really good trade give up a fourth round pick for what will be his best receiver I mean let's face it he's a better than Christian Kirk this guy's legitimate he's got yep. tape to back it up right I mean Bijan Robinson's going to need tape to back it up right. Pickens is going to need more tape to back it up. The next guy we're going to talk about, Justin Ross from Kansas City. He doesn't have any tape, but he's going to learn how to get it going involved in the offense. Ridley, to me, I would be shocked if Ridley, if I was playing uh, fantasy football, I'd be all over Ridley. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be uh, spamming Calvin Ridley there in, in Jacksonville. Like they, as many targets as possible, and he's a receiver who wins early in routes. So I think he's going to get a lot of targets. So yeah, for the fantasy folks out there, I don't play fantasy football, but if you do, uh, Calvin Ridley I think should be up high on your draft board. You mentioned Justin Ross. Here's what Patrick Mahomes said to reporters: "Quote, he's learning the offense fast. You can tell he's been in the offense for a year now. Obviously, making big plays. He's getting more and more involved in those first team reps." And so he's a guy that I have a lot of hope for that he can be a really good player in this offense. So Mahomes sounds encouraged about Justin Ross. He's another one of these guys, big time recruit coming out of high school, played at Clemson, had the neck injury, I believe it was. So that's why he yeah. kind of went a little bit further in the draft and all that stuff. But a guy that people had a lot of high hopes on about four or five years ago. Yeah, I mean, look, and, and the reason he went, it was because of the neck injury. Some teams couldn't pass him. I mean, look, that's how they got Tyreek. Tyreek Hill wasn't on a lot of boards because of the off-the-field character. You know, and, and it's the same thing here in this situation, not from a character standpoint, just from a medical standpoint, right? So Ross isn't on a lot of – Watson's not on a lot of boards. 
excuse me, Ross isn't on a lot of boards. And, you know, he goes and he's a free agent. Now, you know, he's got 6'4", he's big, he's strong, he's a highly recruited kid. You know, one thing I think that Andy doesn't get enough credit for, Andy does a really good job of developing players. I mean, look at Pacheco last year. You know, I think that's the signature of a really good coach when he sees talent in a young player and he kind of forces the development of the player. You know, most of the time, all of us in scouting, we see a guy with talent and we want the coaches to develop him. Well, in most programs, the coach, the position coach controls who gets developed. In successful programs, the head coach controls who gets developed. Where Andy will like, look, we need to get Ross going. Belichick, hey, we need to get this guy going. You know, we need to get – that's what that's what great coaches do. And you've got to have three or four players that you like today, like Ross. Like, he may not be great in September, but, man, we're going to need him in, in November and December. We're going to need him in January. And that's what you're working towards. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm curious to see how many reps he gets in the preseason because it sounds like he's getting more and more first-team reps. And I think, I think more so the signal is that if you see him – not play the first game of the preseason or maybe just play minimal in the second game of the preseason. That's when it's like, oh, okay, they really think highly of this guy. And yeah. he's going to be a big great, part of this offense. Great, great point. Now, look, we didn't see the kid all last year. He was on IR, right? So we didn't see him. Yeah. But, like, let's take some of these guys. Like, if you don't see a lot of a player, like, I'll give another guy to the list. I'll tell you, two guys that the New England has, Bote and Demario Douglas, both have been very mm-hmm. good in their practices, you know, yeah. from what you read about and hear about, Right. And so Demario Douglas, when you read the Boston papers, I mean, people are talking about him. He, no one, why would they play him very much? He's going to make the team. They don't want to, you know, he's going to practice. They're going to practice against Green Bay. They're going to practice against Tennessee. So they're going to get their work there. So sometimes when a guy doesn't play, people think, well, there's something going on. No, he doesn't play because the teams don't want to show them what they're doing. Yep. Yeah. Kayshawn Boutte, he was another big time prospect. Coming out of LSU, had a lot of hype heading into his last season there in Baton Rouge. Didn't work out quite how we had hoped, so he fell in the draft a little bit. But so far, sounds like he's been living up to expectations, maybe even surpassing expectations in Patriots camp. Uh, our last guy here is a tight end, and this is a guy who used to play for the Las Vegas Raiders, now on the New York Giants, and that's one Darren Waller. This is from Ralph Vacchiano, who recovers the New York Giants. He said, quote, every time Darren Waller ran a route in the early days of training camp, the same things happened. He'd break free and outrun his coverage, or he'd jump out or out-muscle the defender for the ball. He caught everything thrown his way, and it didn't matter who was on him. Darren Waller, a resurgence after a couple of years dealing with injuries in Vegas, maybe. Well, I mean, look, Darren Waller was the same way in, in Las Vegas last year. He was unbelievable, right? So he was able to, uh, you know, when it's, you know, when he's, being big, fast, and strong, he's outstanding. So, you know, I think a lot of this is going to – can that carry over to the season, carry over to the – to the uh, when they get the pads, right? And so yeah. the last two years, he's not been able to stay healthy, which I think has been the biggest problem. Yeah, Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Giants, said, quote, it's like he's eating peanuts off the top of people's heads, picking those balls up. <laughs> Just get that it. for the Wink, visual. Wink always <laughs> has a good quote, right? Uh, before we take a quick break, though, here, wanted to mention, obviously, the Alvin Kamara news broke last week and stuff like that. We didn't mm-hmm. have a podcast over the weekend, but um, Kamara suspended three games for conduct detrimental to the NFL and to the team and all that stuff uh, due to the incident that happened in February of 2022 when he was in Las Vegas for the Pro Bowl. Uh, it sounds like though the Saints are, are actively looking for some short-term replacements for Kamara to go ahead and fill that void. I know they're bringing in Kareem Hunt for a visit here. Kareem Hunt. That's a name we haven't heard too much about. Yeah, this I think it's his first marketing. visit, right? I yeah. think so. But it makes sense, right? They lose Camaro. That's it. you know, Camaro's like a, a better. He's it's it's disrespectful to say he's a he's a a, a receiving back because he's more than that, right? But when they want to get their run game, when they want to get their running back in the passing game, you know, Camaro's on the field. The same thing with Hunt. Hunt kind of fills that role. I'm surprised it's taken so long for some teams to get the Hunt. I wonder what kind of shape Hunt's in, but Hunt runs powerfully. You know, he wasn't as good last year as he was the year before, so which is surprising since it was a contract year. Remember, Hunt wanted to get traded, and they wouldn't trade him. Yeah. But, but but it goes back to the Debo Samuel quote that he had or whatever said that. I was a little bit too focused on the contract yep. Yep. and all that stuff. Maybe Hunt wasn't in the right mindset hanging in the last season. And now that he's a little bit hungrier on the open market as we sit here on August 7th, maybe he can come in and contribute to a team. But taking a visit to the New Orleans Saints will be without Alvin Kamara 
first three weeks of the season as he was suspended by the NFL earlier last week. All right, we'll wrap up the show on the other side and get to some other news and notes. A lot of guys signed on some teams yesterday, so we'll catch you up on all of that stuff. This is the GM Shuffle presented by DraftKings and PC. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. All right, Michael, we saw a couple teams make some signings earlier this past weekend. And at this, at this point, for a fan's perspective, when you see a team sign a player in August, training camp's already underway. We've been at it now for a couple of weeks. Like, what does this signify when teams are making these moves now as we're about a month away from the regular season? A lot of it depends on what moves they're making, right? So a lot of, sometimes when you see teams work out a lot of guys during training camp, they have an injury at the position. You know, they're they're depleted at at linebacker, so they bring in a couple linebackers or they need an offensive lineman, they lost a guy. Injuries happen, so you're trying to maneuver your roster around. When you bring veterans in like Philly did, Miles Jack and Zach Cunningham, you're you're saying you A want to check and see if they're available for your emergency list, what they look like, what kind of shape they're in, and then B you know, maybe you feel like they could improve you. Because when you sign a veteran in camp, you you have to understand that if he makes your team, if he's on your roster the Saturday before the opening game, you owe him the complete salary. So you're locked in. So when you bring a veteran in, Kareem Hunt going down to New Orleans, they're fully prepared that if he's on their roster, he's going to make their team, then, you know, that then then they get away with that. But they don't mind that. They'll, they'll sign that. Sometimes you have to sign a veteran guy. It's interesting. I thought Miles Jack, one of the things I think Pittsburgh has struggled with over the years is they've never been able to replace Ryan Shazier, and yeah. they thought Jack could do it, right? They've never really had Devin Bush. Remember, they drafted him. Mm-hmm. They've never had that guy that can play uh, with incredible range and athleticism from the inside linebacker position, which they need in their defense. And Jack obviously didn't do it for him last year. So maybe he's still coming off the knee injury. This is two teams that have had miles Jack that didn't go. Same thing with Zach Cunningham. Yeah. Cunningham. He's always been an interesting linebacker to me. Rangy guy, athletic guy. Uh, I believe he was in Tennessee last year. Uh, as a part of that Tennessee linebacking core alongside David Long Jr. and stuff. But for me, when I see Philly make these two moves, like you mentioned, it's like, all right, maybe we don't have what we want at the linebacker position. You let TJ Edwards and Kazir White, those guys left in free agency. And it was kind of the time for Nicobe Dean, the Georgia linebacker, to sort of take over the reins of this defense. And maybe this is just insurance in case he doesn't do that. Or maybe they've seen something through the first 10 days of camp that leads them to the belief that, like, hey, like, Maybe he's not the guy that we thought he was going to be when we drafted him out of Georgia. Well, I, I think a lot of this, too, is, is, you know, it could be on the field. It could be grasp of the defense. I mean, uh, Dean's got it. You know, he's got to call the defense. He's going to be green dot, right? He's got to check and make mm-hmm. it can be overwhelming. And maybe the Eagles just feel like they need to protect themselves with a veteran guy. You know, yeah. I, I'm not sure it's always about the ability. It sometimes is about the mental ability. Is he ready to play? And one of the things you do during training camp is you build trust, right? I trust that you know what to do. I trust that you can do it. And when you have too many blunders, when you have too many of those mistakes that keep count- counting, you want to make them, but then when you don't, but then when they're not fixed, all of a sudden there's no trust. We also saw Carolina sign Justin Houston. So this is adding to that edge rushing room right there. It was a one-year deal, $7 million. Uh, Houston at this point of his career, obviously like north of 30, but do you think he can still provide something for this Panthers defense? You know, I think he could. Look, they've been looking for that other guy to go along with Brian Burns, right? They've been looking for that since last year. I mean, when Matt Rule was there, they were trying to get, you know, uh, Carlos Dunlap to come in and play and, and Dunlap went to Kansas City instead. So, they, you know, Gross Matos hasn't really filled in for what they want to do, and they need that because it'll make Burns a better player. They need that edge guy to come around. So, you know, yeah, I think if he has anything left, I think the one thing you got to do with an older player like, like, uh, like Houston is Houston. make sure he's fresh at the end of the game. I mean, but I thought he was effective last year. I really did. I thought he was effective for Baltimore. I thought he had some moments. He really did. Is uh, Yeter Gross Matos, he was a first-round pick, wasn't he? Or was he early second-round second, guy? Second. Okay, second. Yeah, he was a second-rounder. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah but he's got to really play with more out. power, right? He's got to get more power into his game. He's got to be able to, you know, it's like we just saw in Dockway sign with Chicago as six team, right? Well, you know, why yeah. is he on six teams if he can be such a great pass rusher? He's on six teams because he never powers the tackle back. He always runs up the field and he walks into sacks. He never, you know, he never goes down the middle of the tackle. You know, and if you don't power the tackle and you play soft, and then when you're in the run game, you get bounced around. It's hard. Yeah, yeah. And Gakwe, he—I think he's cracked the code in figuring out how to get paid in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. The Bears <laughs> signed Gakwe, and they signed Mar- Mercedes Lewis. You know, they did. Yeah. I mean, I get <laughs> Lewis. I mean, I can understand them signing Lewis. I mean, they need an on the line. Why? I mean, they they gave a contract out. I think that most of the National Football League shaking their head. You know, when 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 they went ahead and gave out the, the contract to co- the uh, Cole Komet, I mean, you know, they paid Cole Komet a lot of money, $12.5 million a year, I think it was. And so then they bring Mercedes Lewis, which means now they're going to be – are they going to be a 12 team? I mean, you got, they got Tanya in there too. How many tight ends are they going to play? We're are they going to run the ball? Well, they, we know they're a running team. I mean, in spite of all the – you talk, we didn't have them on there. In spite of all the love, you know – that our guy gets. I mean, they averaged 22 passes last year. Taking another step forward this season. Can't wait yeah, to no, see That's it. a huge step. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Let's get to some guys, though, that signed bigger contracts. Logan Wilson, four years, $37.25 million, an extension with the Cincinnati Bengals. They drafted him out of Wyoming. He's been a smash hit for them. Uh, we believe he was a red chip on our, our blue chip red chips linebackers. Yeah, on also, good player. Episode. Really good player. Yeah, really uh, good player. Judon. Right. And Judon got the increased guarantees in New England, $14 million. Yeah, I mean, look, Judon's played really well for them. And I think Uche's going to play well for them, too. I think they have two really good outside rushers. You know, their defense will be good. You, when you look at this, right, Logan Wilson gets them lined up. He gets everybody, with along with Pratt inside. I mean, they can run. They make a lot of tackles. But they need that, especially considering that they lost Bates and Von Bell. They they need stability within their defense. So I think this is what we have here. The market lends itself to you have to readjust a little bit. You know, Judon outplayed his contract. Some guys outplay their contract. You have to adjust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Judon, he's been a really good sign. Like, it's one of those, and we talked about it during the Blue Chips, Red Chips series for the edge rushers. It's like you see guys signing free agency. Sometimes it doesn't work out, but for the Patriots, it's worked out. Judon's taken that next step now that he's the primary rusher out there in New England. Uh, Dallas did sign. I know I know Jerry said that we got to keep some pie left for Michael Parsons next year, but they did give Malik Hooker a three-year extension, $24 million there to kind of solidify that secondary. Hooker got an extension. Trayvon Diggs got an extension. Donovan Wilson got a contract at the start of free agency earlier this past season. So the Cowboys are kind of locked in on the back end of that secondary there. That's led by Dan Quinn and co. Yeah. I mean, what Jerry's basically saying by what he's doing is, is look, I, I already paid you, Zach. Why do I got to pay you again? I got to pay somebody else. Like, why am I double dipping with you? <laughs> yeah, I know he's the best, but you know, I mean, I already paid you once. Now you want me to pay it. I mean, we're going to continue going in this direction. Like every year, do I have to repay you? I mean, that's not what a contract's all about. I mean, I get what Jerry's come from. I also get Zach Martin. He's a really good player. But, I mean, how do you go when Hooker play well for you? How do you tell him you can't play him, pay him or Trayvon Diggs because you got to go give? Well, you already paid him. Yeah, he did get his big contract, but he wants a bigger one. So after seeing the, uh, the salary cap continue to rise and the other guards who have who have leapt over him now as he's like, I think the seventh highest paid guard in the NFL. They're going to get that done though. Right? Like that's not like, like I sh- at what point do I, I, I need don't to think be so. I think Jerry, I mean, I think Jerry's going to say, sit there. Cause I think Jerry's got to sign, you know, I, I think every nickel now I'm sure that, you know, sometimes if you like say Barkley, did they really give Barkley anything? No, they, they, they didn't give him anything. I think if Zach will take a deal where he doesn't get anything, but every day he's getting fined 50 K. Yeah. <laughs> That's expensive. That, that, is, that is very expensive. Like, I, I, at what point do you think Cowboys fans, myself included, should be concerned about this Zach Martin thing? Like, if this draws into, all right, Dallas has left Oxnard, they're back in Dallas and all that stuff, like they're getting ready for the season, and he's still not there, like, is that when we start to worry about Zach Martin maybe missing games and holding out? I think, when, I think when you see one of the, if any of their linemen get hurt in camp, 
you know, whether it's Steele, whether it's Smith, whether it's Tyler Smith, you know, I, I think then that's when it's where you, you, they can compensate. Not that anybody's going to be as good as Zach Martin. They can compensate for one, you know, but now when you have two guys that you're playing two backups, now that's hard. Yeah. Uh, it's, I'm, not I'm surprised they right haven't now. gone for a <laughs> running back either, Femi. Like, that I'm surprised hard. they haven't, like, and, and I, I'm told Zeke Elliott's not going to go back there. So it isn't like they got Zeke in the corner. I think Zeke will sign with the team probably a week before the season starts. Yeah, that's – you think it's gonna be, that team's going to be New England or who's that team going to be? I think it could be. I think it could be. I think these running backs, they're smart. They don't want to come to camp early and get beat up. Well, Saquon does. <laughs> well, but Saquon's different. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's the leader of their team. You know, he's, yeah. he's the guy that, you know, I mean, I give him credit. He wanted to be there. I give him credit for that. I mean, he went from, I mean, he did the, he did the opposite Jonathan Taylor flip. Jonathan Taylor talked about all the good things and then start now starts acting like an asshole because he hired some idiot agent and <clears> Barkley <throat> talked like an asshole and then became the good guy again. <laughs> he said, just give me $2 million up front and I'll be back. Yeah, I mean, give Barkley <laughs> credit. He deserves it. I mean, he got there. He went there. I mean. Taylor, like, wait a minute, I, April 19th, you're saying he's put it now, all of a sudden you hire this guy who's, I don't even know, I looked at his Twitter page. I mean, seriously, like, I, I, I we wrote something for the Daily Coach. Like, you got to know who your opponent is, who you're negotiating against. Yeah. Well, the <laughs> they, they signed Kenyon Drake, so, because Zach Moss broke his arm, but I think he should be good to go by the time we start up week one and all that stuff, but they signed Kenyon Drake as a little bit of insurance. In case Taylor really takes this thing, there'll be a ba- the hey. Trust me, there'll be some running back that they find. There'll be pl- look. We know this: the supply of running backs is ever is is very fertile. Hmm. So I guess uh, we'll see. Uh, maybe, maybe the the Jonathan Taylor trade rumors that those are uh, maybe just more so you could content put them and not actual. I mean, sport. when the owner says he's not trading them, you know, especially like Uncle Uncle Jim, you're not, you know, Uncle Jim ain't trading them. No, yeah, Urs Urse is. Uh, I think he's one of those guys that he's very honest. He's not bluffing. He's going to tell you exactly what he's going to do. Yeah. Uh, but that does it for this edition, though, of the GM Shuffle. Thank you to our producer Elliot Bowman, as always, on the ones and twos. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to Veasan. Thank you to you, Michael. What are you doing the rest of the day, man? You got any big plans? I got to do a show, Femi. I got to get ready for the show here. It's eleven thirty. I got to get ready for this show coming up, Lombardi Line. I'm talking about after the show. What are you t- <laughs> Oh, I got, you know, I'll go back and start, keep working. I got stuff to do, fam. I mean, there are no days off. <laughs> Blue chips, red chips, though, continue. Nobody on cares. <laughs> We're going interior defensive linemen. Actually, Thursday. no, I'm going to Michigan oh. tomorrow. I'm going to speak to the University of Michigan football team. That's what I'm doing tomorrow. <laughs> I can't wait for that. For me. <laughs> we'll see you guys on Thursday. This is the GM Shuffle.